Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor if you have ever wondered what is the deal with christians and chick-fil-a you've got the right podcast i'm mark dickey and i'm Bert miller this is the why do christians podcast this is the why do chick-fil-a podcast chick-fil-a i'm chick-fil-a <laughs> this is chick-fil-a Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Bert Miller. He's lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how are you today? Well, Mark, Polynesian sauce, Dickey. I'm doing (laughs) great, man. That's my chosen sauce. Is it really? It is. Wow. I don't blame you. It's a great sauce. Yeah. It's a great sauce. Well, then I got diabetes, so sometimes... (laughs) Is there sugar in it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's like pure sugar. You know, it's weird. I just assume because it's sauce that it contained no sugar. That's actually what poly stands for in Polynesian. It stands for all of the sugar. Oh. I'm just kidding. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I, this is really going to cause me to reevaluate like a lot of life choices. Now realizing that no, sauces absolutely contain sugar. <laughs> 100%. If there's yeah. any bit of sweetness to it. it yeah. Did, yeah. I like a naive rube just went along with all their their ranch and all their uh, their vinaigrettes. I, I didn't even think about it. I just went, oh, I'm sure it's healthy. Yep. Well, right now you are but a nugget. <laughs> I will grow you to a full 12 piece, a full 12 count. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. That's, that's fine. It's an interesting, it's an, it's an interesting illustration. Okay. So like I met, I met the, so nugget like a seedling, but we'll yeah. grow into a full. Well, we'll say Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things in, in life, Mark. I've never been called a nugget before that I'm aware of. Okay. But yeah. Well, that's what we call our daughters sometimes. Just these little, yeah. just, just a little nugget. Yeah. Yeah. That's endear. I just feel like it's weird to say to uh, a grown man. A grown man. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, little nugget. Good to see you. Yeah. Sir, I'm 46 years old. <laughs> Are you? No. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, so we're 41. here. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well. Well, we are here to talk about the, is Enigma the right word that is Chick-fil-A? It's mm. just kind of this all around beloved yes. franchise company in the Christian circle. Yeah. I, uh, I actually knew of a, a radio host in, uh, he lives in another, he goes to another school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he made a post. He's like, I have done radio for 12 years. And I made I did one break saying that I wasn't a fan of Chick Fil A, and I've never gotten that much response. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the entire listener base. The, the body was of like, Christ turned on him, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just a really interesting thing that yeah. that you know why do Christians love Chick Fil A so much? Yeah, man. Um, I actually didn't like it at first. <gasps> Take it back. Dial it in. Dial it in. We don't want to get this ca- this podcast well, canceled. Like no, 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 no. 
um, I, I just, I just wasn't into it. And then one day it kind of clicked okay. and, uh, I've been, I've been a believer ever since. <laughs> what? That's, that's so, okay. What, uh, what made it click for you? Well, as a kid, I was one of those chicken nugget kids yeah. for a long time. And, uh, Chick-fil-A nuggets were just different. Mm-hmm. They weren't garbage. They were, they were actual pieces of chicken. You but, could... as a, but as a child, I wanted the garbage nuggets. Mm. And so actually my three-year-old, she doesn't, she's not crazy about Chick-fil-A nuggets either. Mm. Like she would much rather when we, <laughs> what a tangent. <laughs> Nobody cares about this. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of care. No, yeah. like, and, and to be fair, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm digesting this, if you will, <laughs> Uh, is because I hear, I hear, so the, the way my weird brain works, because I have to write sermons so much, little things like that, little stories like that, they are sermon illustrations in the making for me. Okay. So so even as you're saying, like, you know, like I preferred the bad thing for me instead of that, like the real thing. I'm like, oh, there's, that'll preach. That'll preach. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, yeah, now I love Chick-fil-A. I worked at a Chick-fil-A when I was in community college. Mm-hmm. When I graduated college, I worked at a different Chick-fil-A. And honestly, I mean, I, I liked it. It, it tastes, it tastes good. Yeah. It's a good place. Uh, what really got me when I was working there, it was just, I needed a job and that's the place that was hiring mm-hmm. and they were closed on Sundays and that was important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I was going to church and, um, yeah. I was a new believer at the time, but the fact that I, I would unload these trucks, that was my job. It was like me and all these girls working there. Oh. I was like, oh, oh, Mark's like eight inches taller and, and like <laughs> a stockier build. Mark, you're going to unload the truck every week. The chicken trucks? <laughs> the chick, yeah. And I would see these like full on like fillets of chicken yeah. show up. I'm like, oh. And I would see the people in the back like actually breading things. Yeah. And y- you kind of, it's like, oh, there's actual, actual cooking is happening in the back here, you're uh-huh. not just ripping something off and sticking it in a microwave. Right. And, uh, that was the, the thing that kind of got me, even though Chick-fil-A is more expensive sometimes it's sure. like, I would, I would rather eat that. I'm salivating a little bit as you're, as you're even, as you're recounting the story of working with raw chicken, <laughs> there's something in me that just, I love that taste. You know, I think actually first Salmonella. time yeah, that's right. The, <laughs> Raw the salmon, chicken. Yeah, I don't. That's that's really. Not, that's also not. Like, I'm learning all kinds of things about my dietary habits this episode. <laughs> They're giving me like calls for alarm. No man, I will tell you, first time uh, I had Chick Fil A, and what got me hooked it was before. You know, so we had this episode of uh, why do Christians love Chick Fil A? I would say my love of Chick Fil A started before I even had my conversion experience of coming <laughs> to know the Lord. I can remember distinctly the first Chick Fil A I ever went to, Mark. Um, this is, I don't know what this says about my, my, uh, my, my salvation. Well, no, no. Like my, my education, like we used to, uh, in like grade school, we would take once or twice a year, a field trip to the Dover mall. Ooh. That, that, yeah, I know. Right. Um, and I would look forward to, cause that was the, the only Chick-fil-A that I knew of. They had a, they had a Chick-fil-A in the Dover mall food court. And there'd be a nice old lady who had like a tray with little chicken pieces. Right, yeah. right. And she'd like, try it. I'm like, okay. And I'd take a bite. I'm like, this is a nugget on a bun. I am in. And so like, <laughs> I just, I, I have loved that. It's the taste for me before we talk about any kind of, you know, company ethic or religious history with any of it. And that's certainly there. Um, I just love the taste of it. So yeah. You know what I think? I, I plan to talk about this later in the episode, but 
I feel like we have sold Chick-fil-A so hard right now. Yes. At the beginning that anyone who thinks they turn this on for like a non-biased opinion. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. I, wanna, I'm kidding. I just want to make the point just because a company is Christian or has Christian values does not mean that they can do no wrong. Oh, yeah. And for so sure. I do not look at Chick-fil-A as this perfect company. Yeah. I... I give them my oh, business, dude. but well, I just want to say first and foremost that as we kind of dive in, right. I, we, I ate lunch there before this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that, my, was, that was your episode prep. That's right. what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was research. No, no, but you're right. Like the, the quality is a big deal. Like I, dude, I can remember one of the jobs I, I had when I was younger, I, I worked at a Christian bookstore. Right. And they would have like the Christian, Christianized candy. So they'd have like chocolate bars with crosses in them and mints oh, yeah. with scripture verse around and here, here's what I can say: just because it's Christiany doesn't mean it tastes good. So I would never, I would never say, yeah, huh, uh, yeah. buy it just because there's a uh, an application in that way. No, I just like the taste of, of the stuff. I mean, I think it's not what is behind um, American Christendom uh, obsession with Chick Fil A. But let's just acknowledge we like it. Like you and me personally, like you, like we like the food. We like the experience. Pretty. Fair to say. Yeah. 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 So I know that you did a little bit of research. I did. And uh, I I'm, ate a lot of Chick-fil-A in prepping <laughs> for this episode. I'm excited to, because I, I've gone through like the employee training twice. Yeah. And you've used some words where I'm like, oh, yeah, I know about that. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. about that. So yeah. I'm curious like what what you found. Yeah. Well, Mark, it's my pleasure to, <laughs> to, to talk about that a little bit. So Chick-fil-A. Um, if we're tracing sort of the history of, okay, why might Christians be favorably disposed towards Chick-fil-A? And let's just from the jump just say Chick-fil-A has nothing to do with if someone is right with God or being a Christian, right? So this is not a thing of like, if you're a Christian, you will love Chick-fil-A. That's ridiculous. Yeah, We're just saying that it tends to be that, that Christians, uh, many, many a Christian here in America love chick-fil-a as their their fast food restaurant of choice mm -hmm. pretty fair to say yeah mm -hmm. so company was started uh by a guy named truett kathy who was a devout southern baptist um kathy had high views of scripture had high views of christianity in fact uh chick-fil-a's mission statement um and, and he wanted to impose his his faith values into the way that he ran a company so this is famously why they don't meet or not meet <laughs> no, they don't <laughs> operate on sundays um was part of that was giving everybody a guaranteed day of rest. It's also space for church and that type of thing. Chick-fil-A's mission statement is to glorify God by being a faithful, uh, faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. So we're talking about this idea of uh, is Chick-fil-A a religious organization? It's not a church, but clearly there is a theistic worldview behind, and theistic meaning like belief in God, uh, worldview behind the f the formation of their company and how they have policies. For, so, for instance, like you, uh, you work for them, so you might remember uh, in terms of how they they have standards of conduct for employees. They have a thing called second mile service. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember like what what you learned with that? I mean, second second mile meaning you go the extra mile. Um, so it's just a funny way of saying it, but yeah, don't just do what you're like. 
Don't just do what you're expected to do. Like, so, I mean, we ate together. We had lunch together yes. at Chick-fil-A and they brought your food over to you mm-hmm. and your drink didn't have a straw and you were getting up to get your straw. I was livid. About to flip the table. <laughs> and the guy had already come back. Yeah. And like, yeah. like he noticed that the, the employees, like when they drop the food off at the table, they kind of do this scan. Yeah. Do they need anything? Yeah. I, is there any trash there that I can grab? Is right. that, does that drink look like it's not full? Can I fill that drink up? And yeah. Yeah. Just that, something you don't see at other uh, fast food restaurants. Correct. And, but the, the reason that they even call it second, I mean, that's the exact principle. The reason that it's even called second mile service is a Bible quote. It's, it comes from Jesus in Matthew five forty one, where Jesus says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. That's right. Yeah. So that, that's the idea behind it. Well, where did that come from? That, that came from a guy that believed in the Bible <laughs> and wanted uh, those kinds of values to be part of his, uh, his, his company. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Christians enjoy Chick-fil-A in the way they do it. It's kind of like, so just cards on the table. Um, if you guys haven't picked this up, like if this is your first episode with us, you're, you're going to definitely gather that as we go. But if you've been listening um, for a little bit, maybe listen to other episodes, you, you might gather that uh, Mark and I can be a little nerdy, right? <laughs> um, for, for me, I'm, you know, I, I love Star Wars. I love all kinds of like that. And more than once in my life, Mark, I've gone to a comic con. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've gone to this place where people, there's, there's going to be a, a, a smell in the room that I know <laughs> um, people are going to be dressing up in, different nerdy outfits, like products that I, that like might appease my nerdy interests will be for sale there. And just the entire atmosphere of it speaks to a tribe that I'm a part of. Yeah. Right. Well, Chick-fil-A is like that where, okay, there, there are certain aspects of the culture, not just how it's run, but just the entire environment that's going to appeal to people of a Christian worldview. So for instance, um, maybe you go in, in Chick-fil-A and maybe, maybe you're not a Christian and this is like, you didn't even know that they were doing this. Um, you go in the restroom, right. And there's like soft, music playing in the restroom. There's no words to it. It's kind of like a soothing, it's a, it's a positive, encouraging music. What is it? Usually it's a contemporary Christian song or, or a worship song that they've taken the lyrics off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's our tribe. That, that's, that's our people. And, like, and so I would say it's, it's infused into so much of the way that the, the organization operates and is, is run. And that's to say nothing of the, some of the controversies that Chick-fil-A and the public eye has been uh, embattled in, but I, I know that they've certainly caught flack over the years for, for giving to various uh, Christian organizations that may uh, hold traditional biblical values or uh, are uh, Christian ministries. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, Chick-fil-A, it's a restaurant, but but there is this sort of consensus among uh, at least evangelical Christians um, that, hey, these are our people. Yeah. And you just made me think of just kind of parents who, who go to Chick-fil-A and, and they recognize that these are their people. Um, I've known a lot of parents who have helped and really encouraged their kids to get like their first job at a Chick-fil-A specifically because of things like the second mile service where you could get a job anywhere and you know who knows who's going to train your kid uh how to be a good employee mm. but at places like Chick-fil-A where they are <laughs> the manager might not even be a christian sure but the handbook was written by was written with christian values in hand in mind and yeah. so 
uh, I've known a lot of people who have sent their kids to get their, their first job or their second job yeah. at a Chick-fil-A specifically because it, it kind of, well, you know, it's that raise your children is the way they should go. And Absolutely. Proverbs. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but even then, like, so the way that the company is run, it's just something just sprung to mind here. I had a friend who, uh, he used to be on staff at a church down, uh, in Atlanta. Um, and it was, the, it was the Kathy family's church. Hmm. And, and actually their church was known as the, you know, jokingly among staff as the church that Kathy built. Um, and what they meant was that they, they, the Kathy family, you know, they funded this church, their constitution and bylaws, the way that they worked with employees, they literally just lifted from the Chick-fil-A manual uh, for in terms of like how they do staff things. Uh, and they just translated it to their specific ministry context, hmm. which is wild, but it, I mean, it fits because of, Hey, there's already an assumed biblical worldview in how this thing was written. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So you were you were mentioning a second ago about how you know some people might not like Chick Fil A sure. because of stances that they will take or other ministries that they will give money to. Uh, I've seen a lot of people, you know, making Facebook posts like "Never go to Chick Fil A right. again." Like, right. How could you, you know, or someone posts a, a picture and they've got a Chick-fil-A cup in the, you know, in, in the background and it's like, how, how could you support that business? Yeah. How could you, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting, right? Because we're, they're catching that from both sides of the coin now. So several years ago, it was, uh, they, they would catch flack from certain, uh, LGBT advocacy groups for their support of, I think it was Focus on the Family, um, or a couple of organizations that, that supported traditional uh, marriage. And so they were seen as bigoted and, and these kinds of things. And this was a time when um, a lot of right-leaning uh, Christians sort of rallied around Chick-fil-A. No, these are definitely our people, right? Um, and they and they said, you know, they, they affirm our values and, and what have you. But recently, uh, the opposite end of the the political slash religious social spectrum has has turned mm -hmm. on Chick-fil-A. Uh, at least over the summer, there, there was an issue where uh, people started to accuse Chick-fil-A of, of going woke. Um, and they said that because Chick-fil-A had hired some inclusivity uh, people um, in their in their uh, higher rungs of leadership in terms of how they do things. And then uh, most notably, one of the things that the Chick-fil-A did that caused a lot of people on the right to become very upset and suggest boycotting was they stopped funding to two, I mean, two large organizations that they had been known to give to, um, the Salvation Army and FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, and so Christians on the other side felt like, man, this is a slap in the face. Um, and so they said, listen, you know, these are not our people now. Um, you notice that none of it has anything to do with the food. It, it's okay. What's the company doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and so they've kind of been in this weird, uh, in between now of, okay, one side didn't like them for the longest time. And I don't know if they do now, but now the other side is mad as well. And it kind of, it does beg the question that I know that some of us feel this tension is okay. Like, should we only buy from businesses that support our values? Right. Like right. That's, that's the thing to chew on. 
Right. I, that concept is wild to me. Yeah. It's, I, I guess, and I, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, like, businesses exist to make money. Uh-huh. We buy the product from them. The products that I buy, I will buy things that are, that I need things that I want. I'm not going to buy things that contradict my values, mm. but I mean, how often do we buy things and not care who made it? Right. Or who, how it was made. Yeah. What country, what yeah. kind of, uh, I mean, but there's like, it's almost like there's this hyper focus that every company has to be like this leader in the community. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing when they are. It's right. amazing because when they've got, if, if a company has a lot of money and they give it away, they can do more than just sell chicken. Right. But like, why, why do we have to make it this big thing? Well, I think culturally part of it is we, we are a culture that, that's very black and white in terms of our allegiances, specifically when it comes to uh, endorsements. I'll give you an example. So, uh, I have a friend who's a pastor who uh, used a quote in his sermon from a, a pastor that he really respected. Um, quote itself, pretty non-controversial, just a thing about the Bible. Lady came up to him after after the sermon and said, okay, you quoted this guy, but here are these other things that the guy has said that uh, we don't agree with as a church. And my friend was kind of dumbfounded because what, what she was basically saying was, listen, to quote anyone is a blanket endorsement of everything they've ever said or done. <laughs> Right. right, Which, right. Well, who can stand to that? But, but this is just kind of what we expect. I mean, you see a little bit um, in, in the worship scene right now where churches go, okay, this group put out this song. Can we sing it if we disagree with them about theology? It's not even related to the song. Right. Uh, because it's, okay, you're either all in or all out on somebody. And I, I don't think the world works that way. No. You know, so like, here's what I'd say. Like, if, if we're sort of chewing on the question, you know, um, should we only buy from businesses that support our values? Biblically speaking, I, th- I think there's an interesting thing to note. Um, number one, I think when we're answering that question, we should say at the jump, you should always obey your conscience. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you feel convicted to not buy from a place because you don't, you don't believe in how they're spending their money or how their product was made, uh, you should be obedient to that. I think the book of Romans gives a lot of precedent for that idea of, um, hey, if you, know, you think it's a sin to not eat meat, um, then you better not eat or yeah, then you better not eat meat, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, if you think it's a sin to eat meat, you better not eat meat. Right. Um, but Paul's application would also be, but don't tell somebody else that. Like, don't don't impose that standard on them. And I think this is important for us to realize that, listen, at the end of the day, we need to be careful not to impose rules on people that the scriptures themselves have not explicitly outlined. This is what right. Jesus got on the Pharisees about all the time. When they, when they have the 600 plus commands of the Old Testament, and then they add to those rules and they equate their traditions with the rules, Jesus has a real hard time with that and he butts heads with them. Um, and so when it comes to this idea of, okay, like, well, what would the Bible say about me, you know, buying something that what if, okay, what if I, you know, I, I don't know, I buy a jacket. And it turns out, I didn't know, but the jacket was made in a sweatshop or the jacket was made by a company that, that funds values that I don't agree with. Like, right. have, I, have I sinned against God and the people of God if I buy that jacket? Um, biblically speaking, no. You know, here, let me just read you this little bit of passage. This is in 1 Corinthians 10, um, verses 25 through 31. And, and the context for the passage is you have these Christians who, who are in ancient Corinth and uh, they're dealing with what's called uh, meat sacrifice to idols. In other words, in Corinth, uh, you had a big temple scene of, of sacrifices going to uh, the goddess Aphrodite. 
and uh, and they would they would kill these animals, and then um, they would take meat that they didn't use in, in their religious their pagan rituals, and they would sell it in the marketplace. Okay, and so the Corinthians are like, okay, we know that that you know that animal was dedicated to this this goddess that we think is demonic, that we think is not real, um, and so oh, what happens if I you know I'm in the marketplace and I buy this hunk of meat that it turns out actually it's got a really bad connotation behind it. Like, am I sinning against God? And so with that in mind, this is what Paul writes to the Corinthian Christians in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 25 through 31. He says, eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For, and he quotes the Bible, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And then he goes on, he says, if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever's put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for both the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. In other words, he's saying, listen, like, go to dinner with people, all right? But if while you're there, like, you're eating, somebody goes, hey, that, that was meat that sacri- sacrificed another thing. He goes, that, that's going to hurt your witness if people are, are just looking at you and being like, well, okay, so-and-so on board with you eating that meat. See what he's saying? Like the meat itself isn't the issue. It's what you're partaking of it may do. To your witness to others, and so and so, but he absolutely clarifies in verse twenty nine. He says, "I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours." Why? He says, "For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for?" And so he says, Mm. "So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God." And that's the idea right now. It's okay, like. You, I just think it's unreasonable to think, okay, I can only operate in a space where I will know how everything has been made and every business, okay, um, will operate within my standards, even if they're not Christians. And unless they do, um, I won't be able to, to partake in it. Like, my, my question is just how far does that line go? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for instance, okay, um, you and I both, we drive cars that use gasoline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably most people do at this point. Maybe, maybe there, you know, in in the little bit of time from when we record this to when somebody's listening to it, there's a tremendous change in how people's <laughs> automobiles work. But but chances are good most people here are listening or listening to this um, use cars with gas. Okay. Well, here's the deal, Mark. Um, you know, most gas stations I've ever been in, like when I go inside, if I'm buying a bag of combos or or whatever, normally they have a section where they're selling cigarettes. Or they're selling pornography. Okay, they're just that's just part of what the gas station does. Is it right? No, but it's there. Okay. Am I going to withhold using fossil fuels because of some uh, purchase choices of the gas station? No, I'm not. My car needs gas. Let's take it even a step further. Let's let's say you find a gas station that doesn't sell those things. Awesome. Okay. Can you prove? that the gas that that station is using has not come from, let's say people in Saudi Arabia, sheiks, those who whose allegiance is to Allah, not your God, people uh, who may come from cultures where it is not just believed, it is commonplace accepted, that that there are classes and those are a good thing, that mm. that wealth and prominence is more important than a person's personhood. Like like it's a completely different worldview like of the people who are selling the oil to the country. So are you just get rid of all oil? Most of us would say, no, that's ridiculous. And so we would have to conclude that, okay, I don't know that a company's, like all of their practices are going to be the thing that makes me buy from it or not. But what I would say is, okay, with the instance of, of the gas station, um, don't buy the pornography. Right. Right. <laughs> like don't, um, 
you know, I, this, this is not a comment on is smoking a sin or not. I'm just looking at this from the perspective of uh, smoking kills. Like, like we just we know that it's, it's bad for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where I say don't invest in the product that promotes the thing that you are against. But when it comes to like a blank slate boycott across everything that may offend you, um, again, I think you need to be obedient to your conscience. So if you feel convicted to boycott, if you feel convicted to not buy from that company, then don't buy from it. At the same time, again, Paul has this thing that he says, I love this, this is in 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 9 and 10, where he's he's talking about um, not judging people who are outside of Christ. In other words, like, yeah, we need to discern within the church, like how like how we fellowship with people and all that stuff. But, he, but his big thing is, listen, I don't expect somebody who doesn't know Jesus to act like somebody who knows Jesus. Right. Because people are, apart from Christ, they're still dead in their sin. They can't know how to walk with God. And so he says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, 10. He says, I wrote you in my letter, a letter that was before this one that we don't, it's lost to history. He says, not to associate with sexually immoral people, okay? Because there's a big uh, sexual immorality scandal happening in the Corinthians church. But listen, but then he clarifies what he meant by that. He goes, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or the swindlers or idolaters. Okay. Because hmm. what he's saying is, listen, I'm talking about like not tolerating something within church. So he says, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or the swindlers or idolaters. And then listen to this last line. Verse 10, he says, in that case, you would have to leave the world. Ooh. Right. And, and that's the idea right there. Like it's impossible to do that. Instead, like you, you have the right to invest your money as you please. Go with your conviction. Go with the leading of the Holy Spirit. But be very careful not to impose that on brothers and sisters, things that the Bible itself has not clearly denounced. Mm, that's good. Something you said a while ago, but I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> cut away, my friend. You were cut on, away. You were on a roll. <laughs> you were talking about the, the, you know, can our church sing this type of song yeah. and stuff like that thinking about whether it's music groups, the churches that they're from, or, you know, quoting a pastor or a Christian writer. I just want to encourage anybody. If, if we sent a news crew to document your life, to document your church, your pastor, you might have the greatest pastor that ever lived. They will find something. Oh yeah. And just we're <laughs> like that verse you quoted, uh, to do that, you'd have to leave the world, like to, to find somebody without flaw. <laughs> and so yeah. can we stop whole, like obviously follow the conviction. Oh, that, that doesn't seem like a person with their head screwed on straight. Right. I'm not going to right. get, take uh spiritual guidance from them. Yeah. But no, you know, you, you remind me, I'm sorry. I'm doing a lot of like ministry stories uh, today, but I'm a <laughs> pastor and I have a lot of friends who are pastors, you know, just, it's kind of, how that works. I had a friend who somebody came up to him and he's, he's a pastor um, around here. And the person came up to him and said, you know, I really like your church. Uh, I'm thinking about joining it, but I don't know that I agree with everything that you believe. And my friend chuckled. He said, I'm not sure I be- that I agree with everything I believe. <laughs> he's like, you know, like all of us, like we learn, we grow, we learn new things that uh, confront uh, us where we were wrong before. That's how all of this works. Right. Yeah. What's uh? There was an old quote. I hate to meet a man who I've known many years before to find that they haven't to find them exactly as they are, not changed, only stiffened. To find somebody who's exactly who they were twenty years ago. Yeah. Who who wants to be around that person? No. Yeah. Like minus Jesus, because he never changes, and <laughs> but he's also perfect. But yeah. 
Yeah, I I totally butchered that quote, but no, we we get what you mean. We're all growing, and I bet, man, we should do a separate podcast where Bert listens to pot to uh, sermons that he <laughs> wrote no 15 years ago. Oh man, I don't want to listen to sermons <laughs> I wrote 15 minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what God was doing in your life at that moment for sure. What he was showing you, and that's what wisdom is. Knowledge is one thing. We've got facts and stuff like that, but wisdom comes from living through that life and. Yeah. Things change. Good word, my friend. So I want to, I think you already answered this question, but I want to close with this question. Oh, okay. Bert, what do I do if my Christian company lets me down? Well, I, th- I think you expect it um, because yeah. Christian companies are made up of people and people will let you down. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not a cynical thing. It's just a reality thing. Like you can love people well and still have that expectation. Um, I, I think there is not uh, an organization that that exists that won't get it wrong at points. Mm. And and in terms of if you remain with it or not, it's going to depend on your relationship with it. And it's going to depend on the nature of the offense. Um, but I don't think there is a company that exists, church that exists, ministry that exists, where somebody hasn't done something wrong. Um, and then that comes down to a whole issue of stewardship and, okay, when – uh, should what be owned? And that really is going to have to do with what's happened. Um, but I, I would say, you know, if you have a, a Christian company that you really, really love, praise God, pray for them. Mm. Um, if you if you love them, you want to support them, do that. Um, but don't be shocked when people who are in need of the grace of Christ need the grace of Christ. Mm. And that reminds me of, you, you quoted the verse earlier about what you expect from people who don't believe, yeah. which is don't, don't expect them to act like Christians if yeah. they're not Christians. And so if a company that has no religious, spiritual affiliations whatsoever, if they decide they want to do this thing, doesn't just doesn't mean, okay, cut the ties, boycott the company. Right. Like you can't expect them to do anything Christian. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, look, let's say, you know, okay. Let's say, okay. I, I love cookies. All right. I mean, that's not a hypothetical. I love cookies. Okay. Um, let's say, you know, my favorite, <laughs> let's say my favorite cookie company. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not a, this, this is not them, but I'm just thinking of all the time. Keebler. Okay. Let's say, okay. Like, I like their, their, with M&M? the soft, what? M&M cookies? No, the soft batch. Okay. I like the soft batch. Right. Um, let's say they release uh, soft batch cookies with like pentagrams on them. I'm not going to buy the pentagram soft batch cookies. I probably will still buy the other ones. Um, because I don't, I don't feel convicted to boycott Keebler. Well, if you just turn the cookie, though, it's just a star cookie. Well, there you go. Um, but but the, the, <laughs> the point is, though, and you, and you said this earlier, um, that companies at the end of the day, are they want to make money. That's, that's what businesses do, right? Um, well, if you don't buy the product, the company's not going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if people don't buy the thing, if they don't support the thing, it won't stay in production. Um. So again, if you feel convicted to boycott the company, boycott the company. But, but that's not a thing for me where I would be like, oh man, I can never uh, have this thing because I, I disagree with how, you know, the company uses this area of their revenue or this product line. I just won't buy that specific thing. But that, that's my conviction. And, and, and if yours goes against that, again, you need to be obedient to your conscience. Hmm. Well, that is it. That's why Christians like Chick-fil-A. It's really quite simple. <laughs> <laughs> I liked this one, Mark. That was fun. Yeah. I, I keep trying the whole time we've been doing this. I've been trying to think of more Chick-fil-A puns. Okay. 
And I think you, uh, we'll wait. I think you got it when you said my pleasure. And that was just, <laughs> that was the cherry on top of my milkshake. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I've been trying to think of a way to use waffle in a sentence. Okay. And, uh, you haven't waffled on your convictions. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. Well, uh, this wasn't a question that anybody wrote in, but it was just kind of it was just kind of an interesting topic because it was like, you know, really, like, why do Christians love Chick-fil-A? And it just kind of comes down to they love Jesus and they make a great product. Uh, there's a million products that have come out throughout the years that are Christian products that were not so great. Have we said on this episode that Chick-fil-A did not give us anything for saying this? Uh, like, we have not said that. Okay. Uh, we are at the moment of recording. Right. Nobody has approached us. In fact, although was, I welcome it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that'd be <laughs> cool, but like at the same time, like I don't love Chick-fil-A because of all this, like I love Popeye's too. Yeah. I think Popeye's. Cajun fries, bro. Those fries. Biscuits. Yeah. The, I think their chicken sandwich has a crispiness. Cool. Let's talk about all of our favorite crisp chicken sandwiches. We should really wrap this up. We should. Okay. Well, if you have a question for the podcast, <laughs> please send it to podcast at wearethebridge.org. If you enjoy the show, please help us get the word out by leaving a rating wherever you listen to podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. If there's any way to, you know, write a comment in, leave five stars. I mean, if you think it's five stars. Uh, we would appreciate that. I don't think it gets better than this one right here. That's a five star. That's right. That's a five star um, episode. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about the stars on the Cracker Barrel aprons. Um, anyway. Are those ranks? I think so. Okay. We, we, we'll talk about that off mic. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>